What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the GNC Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, Greg Bowen, here with my co-host, Chandler Stepp. And here for another week of, like I said, the GNC Fantasy Football Show. Uh, what's what's new with you week this chan uh, this week, Chan? New, nothing new happens in my life. The only thing nothing. I look forward to is football and this podcast. Wife's right. gone. Right. Wife's gone. Uh, she's actually out uh, in Disney for a work related trip. And you know what kind of job do you got to get to go to Disney? Um, I like it. But so you sounds like you need to get out and watch. Uh, like I did this past weekend. Watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What a great, what a great fucking movie, man! That is that going to be his last movie, Tarantino? Ah, uh, you know he keeps saying that, keeps saying that. I don't believe it. We'll see. Um, it's great though. Not not your typical Tarantino. You know, uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but uh, just not your typical thing. But still, Tarantino. I know that doesn't make any sense right now, but it will. Uh, I heard rumors what? that he was thinking about doing a Star Trek movie. Star Trek. Ah. E. I'm not much of a Star Trek guy. Uh, Star Wars. Never watched Star Trek, though. Um, I watched Spider-Man last night. We went and watched that. Uh, I'm jealous. The girlfriend, the brother and I, we went and watched it. They were slightly disappointed, as was I. Still good. Go watch it. Go check it out. But um, yeah, p- Please don't drop any spoilers. No, no, no spoilers here. You know, uh, you know, people would believe anything you say anyway. Anyway, not much, uh, not much else to get into. We're gonna, we're gonna touch on a little bit of news. Not much going on around the league. Um, before before we do though, pretty sure that you wanted to do a, a huddle up. Oh yes, quick huddle. Huddle up, huddle, huddle. Um, Greg. I got two players here for you. Player A, player B. Okay. Before I reveal who these players are, I want you to pick who you'd rather have on your team simply based off of these stats. Okay, and just just so the audience knows, I have no idea what this is. We we have not discussed this. Player A, 71 receptions, 725 yards, 5 touchdowns. Player B, 40 receptions, 519 yards, three touchdowns. Who would you rather have? Uh, Obviously, player A. <laughs> obviously, right? right? Right, yeah, for sure. Player A, give me that person. Before I reveal these, they both have the same ADP. Both of them are going uh, in the sixth round towards the end, uh, about the ninth, tenth pick. It's Tariq Cohen and Sammy Watkins. Ooh, okay. Now you drop See, those two players next to each other and say, "Hey, who do you want in your team?" I bet a lot of people, and I don't know this, but I, I would assume a lot of people would say, "Oh, give me Sammy Watkins. Give me somebody on the Chiefs' offense." I, I, I mean, I think if you'd have asked those names, you drop those names in front of any fantasy player, anybody, which a lot of a lot of good fantasy players out there these days. There's a lot of content people read up on their stuff, so. Fantasy today uh, compared to 10 years ago is way different. But if you were to drop those two names in front of people a week ago, say two weeks ago before the Tyreek Hill news, I guarantee they would have picked Sammy Watkins. Here, now, today, I don't know. I don't know so much. I, I see 
I think Sammy Watkins ADP, uh, which again, just a tool that you we like to use, um, especially compared to the rest of our league. <laughs> I think that I think we're going to continue to see that drop further and further off. I I, I, I almost would bet that you're going to start to see before the season starts, Sammy Watkins going around nine or ten even. Um, how do you, how do you feel about that? I mean. Well, the question is, who's who's the true number two? What I have seen since the uh, Hill news that he was not going to face any type of suspension from the league is that uh, I saw McColl Hardiman's ADP plummet. Sammy's kind of stayed in the same spot. I mean, he's maybe dropped around. I don't... I don't know who the number two is there aside from Travis Kelsey, but wide receiver-wise... Right. We assume it's going to be Sammy Watkins. For some reason, he still has name recognition, although he's fallen flat the past few years, yet he's going around with a guy who had 71 receptions, and that doesn't include his 99 rushes uh, for 444 mm-hmm. yards. So Tariq Cohen had over 1,000 yards from the line of scrimmage, and he's getting drafted in the same round as Sammy Watkins. I, I, I mean, I think that's unfair right. for, for Tariq. Well, I don't think this Sammy's year more that valuable. I really don't. No, I I would agree with you. Um, and and Hardman as well. At least not this year. I, I almost see Hardman being more of a part of that offense by the end of the year, just due to injury. I I don't trust Sammy Watkins as far as um, staying healthy. Cons- you know, a full season. Hardman, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I, I I think I would choose. I would take Hardman in that later round as opposed to Watkins in the sixth right now. But like I said, I, I think he's, he's going to fall off, keep falling off. Um, but yeah, uh, and some other news, just to touch on some news that we have going on. We uh, came out that you know the Zeke situation actually has uh, progressed for the worse, as far as you know, for any if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm, at least if I were a Dallas Cowboys fan, you know, I would I would want to see Zeke get signed personally. Um, Arguably the best running back in the league, no question. But uh, what we're seeing now is that it could. He said that he is not going to play at all with no new contract, and that's scary. That's absolutely scary because um, obviously the, the it's going on with Gordon still. Last year with Bell, that keeps coming up, and Bell started this whole thing, uh, uh, this new era of pay us what we're worth, pay us, pay us up, and that's- uh, we're feeling the effects of it to now. We are, and and that's what Zeke is saying. Zeke is saying, "I will not play without a contract." But when you when you view into when you tune into ESPN, Fox Sports, they're saying, "Oh, he's going to play." And the, and the consensus among um, not only people within our league, um, I'm not going to drop any names, uh, but also right. when it comes to you know quote unquote fantasy analysts. They assume he's going to play. His he dropped from the first, second, or third pick to the his ADP is now like one point four, so it's barely even dropping. And what I just want to warn everybody is to listen to what the players saying. Do not listen to. Well, I don't want to say do not listen to, but don't listen to the experts because I put this on. Uh, you, you can find this on Twitter. I said that the analyst uh, will analyze and the media will analyze dog shit if it increases their ratings. Right. I, I agree. And real quick, before we jump into our um, main segment here, 
and I'll tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about. But you can follow us at uh, on Twitter at GC underscore FF show. Please do. We appreciate any support, any follows, retweets, anything you can do. Obviously on Facebook, the GNC Fantasy Football Show, and YouTube, the same, um, under the GNC Fantasy Football Show. Pretty soon we'll be up on all platforms. Right now we're up on iTunes for your convenience. Listen to us on your commute. We love it. You'll love it, I think. Um, and like I said, you know, we, we told you last week, this is a new experience for us. So we're going to get better and better. We're passionate about the sport and fantasy football more so than the sport, I think, in a lot True. of ways. But what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about some uh, some teams that that last year were on my shit list. Uh, they finished at least at least on my shit list. Um, those teams, just to go through them real quick, and like I said, we'll go more in depth. Raiders, 49ers, Browns, Cardinals, Jets, and Lions. You know, all of those teams finished um, sub 500 as far as wins last year. But uh, we, Chandler and I, we feel there are lots of lots of fantasy relevance on that on you know on those squads and uh, that's pretty much what we're going to jump jump into here so if you'd like channel you can uh, go ahead and lead us off yeah many of these teams are on the up and up uh, I think that's obvious at least with the offseason acquisitions uh, the development of rookies uh, primarily at the quarterback position for instance uh, the first team I want to bring up would be the Jets. Uh, regarding the Jets, I think what everybody most is curious about fantasy-wise is how will Le'Veon Bell produce? Am I right? Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, is can can Le'Veon go from the high-powered high offense uh, in Pittsburgh to the mediocre Jets, which, which they have been for years? Yeah, I'm with you. I think everyone is as well. So what's the fear? So the fear is, will he start slow? Will he be rusty? He missed an entire year. Uh, will this hurt You know his fantasy production, his on-field production? That's the question. The answer, we, we're not going to act like we know 100% what the answer is, but what I believe is I do not think there's going to be any rust. I think he's going to get a ton of work still. I'm talking anywhere between... 300 and 350 total touches between touches between rushing uh, and targets. I don't see rust. I don't see him slowing down. I think sure. he's great value uh, late first rounds. I know in our league, I got a little insider information uh, from a current uh, league owner as to somebody is going to be taking him before the fifth pick. What do you think about that? Before the the fifth pick, um, yeah, I mean, me, me personally, I, I'm not gonna do that because, like we always say, it's about keeping risk to the, <laughs> to the less as less as you can, mitigate risk, minimize mitigate it as much as you can. I have no idea what Bell looks like as a Jet, um, and you you kind of hit on it. You know, you hit the. Uh, the nail on the head in your your fireside chat yesterday. Um, I am not. I'm, I'm going minim, to minimize risk as much as I can, and just wait and see what it plays out. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Is Bell the talent still there? Sure, but does you know do the Steelers miss him 
as much as fans think or want to think? No. You know what I mean? Like it, the running back unfortunately um, is easily replaced, as we saw with James Conner. I'm not going to say easily easily replaced, but if you have a good system, a good coach, especially a good offensive line or a decent one, as long as you as long as you have uh, some sort of talent there, then you're going to see production. I think we live in a day and age where the running game is important because it opens up the passing game. So unless you're the Ravens, who said they're going to go back and run things that you haven't seen since the 1950s. That's why the running game is right. important. To pick up short yarded situations, but primarily to keep the defense honest so it can open up the passing game. And we and another thing we don't know is exactly how Adam Gase is going to use him. I, I've never been an Adam Gase fan. He had one good year, and it was with Manning as his quarterback back in Denver. Remaining through for 5,400 yards. But after that, yeah. he has he's yet to have a good season. He went to the Bears 21st year or tw- 21st in the league in yards per game, 23rd in points. He was trash at Miami. I hate how he, well, I, at the time, I hated how he treated Kenny and Drake because I thought Drake was extremely talented. However, you see that uh, Kalen Bollage is starting to get uh, starter touches or starter work in training camp. So maybe. Drake isn't what I thought that yeah. he was. But we, we we don't know how he's going to use Bell. One, the only thing I really know about Gase is he loves to spread the running back out wide, loves to put him in the slot, loves to motion him from you know the backfield to the line. So, the, And I think Bell's great for a system like that. But yeah. like we're saying, we, we still don't know how it's going to play out. So – just to, um, so we 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 we're kind of in agreement with with Bell. I feel like, um, and unless you're just a Bell truther, which they are out there, I mean, I think I feel like that's pretty much the the baseline, right? Like we know Bell, Bell's got talent, Bell has the athleticism, but we have to wait and see. He's going to be a top uh, some other unknown. Back. We do know this, right? Would you agree? He'll finish as a top yeah. back. I mean, like I I I like kind of hesitate to say yes but at the same time i can't say no you know what i mean like uh, i i yeah, don't doubt it for sure that's where the talent is the, it, it's yeah it i mean i i think back to barry sanders personally one of my favorite running backs ever to watch growing up watching him on just a year in year out bad lines team i mean still yet he did some amazing things there sure but some of the unknowns within the with the Jets, um, one one personally that that I am looking for in the later rounds, mid rounds is uh, Robbie Anderson. But my my problem with like again just like Bell, the athleticism is there, the speed, even the uh, the build. I like a you know I like a tall receiver, a heavier receiver that's fast, very fast. Robbie and Robbie Anderson has that. Um, my my problem though with that with Robbie Anderson is Darnold. Mm. You know, last year Darnold he finished the season with a, a QB rating of forty seven point nine. That's not <laughs> that's not very good. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from you know he threw only seventeen touchdowns. I mean I say only seventeen, but I mean he was a rookie last year, only played thirteen games. Uh 
but also like in those 13 games, he threw 15 touchdowns or excuse me, me back up 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. So that's like his interception percentage is pretty much right along the line, his touchdown percentage. That's not a quarterback that is fantasy relevant in my mind. Um, so I think you t- we kind of talked about this earlier. You said that you thought he would be a good quarterback for the team, and a good NFL quarterback, if you will, but not a good fantasy quarterback. And again, I think you just nailed it there. Yeah, Darnold's not going to be a guy that's going to put up fantasy numbers. I mean, occasionally, if you find the right game, you could stream him and start him in your lineup. But he's, he's not going to finish as a, a top fantasy quarterback he's going to be a great game manager he's going to make you know the throws that he needs to make Uh, regarding Robbie Anderson I do like Robbie but I am hesitant so from 2017 he actually dropped about 300 yards compared to the 2018 production so 2017 he had 941 yards seven TDs 2018 644 yards five touchdowns 644 yards five touchdowns so that was that was some regression that you don't want to see, you know? Right. That has me worried. Although somebody's got to catch the football. This team. Who was, who was the quarterback in 2017? Was it, was that McCown? Bro. I have no idea. No, I mean, I, I, was it McCown? I, I'm pretty sure it was off the top of my head. I'm, I'm going to say off the top of my head, it was McCown. I could be wrong there. That's something I have to look into, but, um, Either way, last year he had, you know, Robbie Anderson with, for the majority of the time, um, with with Darnold, he had over ninety targets. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. But like you said, you know, no, he dropped in yards. That's not a regression that you like to see. Not at all. Um, he only had six. He had he did have six touchdowns. I say only he had only six touchdowns, but he had six touchdowns, which I think on fifty receptions, that's pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. And then on top of that as well, his yards per reception, he was averaging 15 yards a reception, which is just mind-blowing. That's out there. It that's, is. Yeah. That, that's but here's there. the question for you. He's going roughly around the same time as Kiki Cutie. Who would you take? Oh, I'm taking Cutie every time. Give me some Give me some of that um, Texans offense. I agree. For sure. I agree. And the problem is, is Robbie Anderson's probably the number one wide, wide receiver on the Jets, and we're still saying, hey – you know, Cutie hasn't even locked right. down the, the number two role with Will Fuller there. He may be the, the, the third option, and we're still saying take him. But that may not be an indictment on Robbie Anderson so much as the Jets' offense. Now, I do think the Jets are going to be a good team. I think they're going to double their win totals. I think you can see this team go 8-8, eight and eight, potentially, if a game falls their way, 9-7. and seven. They're not going to right. the playoffs. I do not have this team in the playoffs. However, this team's going to get better. How high-powered is this offense going to be? I don't know. They acquired 19 free agents in the offseason. Some of those were on the defensive end. We'll see. We'll see. The the only other person I really want to touch on there is is Herndon, just because um, we we know that the tight end landscape, it's tough out there. It's Um, very tough. And I think think Herndon could – turn into a safety net. Um, in, in my opinion, you know, I, he's a bigger guy. Last year, he his last 10 games, he was seeing around four four targets a game or actually four receptions a game. All of his targets were downfield. They weren't, 
you know, your typical what you see tight ends like a running out or even a you know a drag route something like that. They were downfield. They were over over ten yards on average um, as far as his receptions. But to touch on what you're saying, I it, real quick, yeah. he was one of twelve tight ends in the past decade to have five hundred yards or more receiving. Herndon. Wow. Okay, that is a good step. That's kind of just shows you exactly what we know about the tight end landscape. You know, you have to either uh, spend your spend your money early, so to speak, in in drafts. You know, with a with an Ertz or a Kelsey. I'm I'm pretty as far as tight ends go. I'm pretty big on OJ Howard this year. Like but someone that. like that, or you can wait late and kind of like, uh, you know, kind of throw the die and see what happens. And I, I think Hurden, you, you could do worse than Hurden if you're going to wait until late rounds. For if a we're tight talking end. late round tight ends, if Mark Andrews is gone, then I'll definitely target Hurden. Right. Um, I'm with him. But I, I am a type of guy who's not going to spend a top three pick on Kittle, Kelsey, or Ertz. I got actually. Today, I'm, I got dogged for this decision because I, I was not. I don't agree with taking one this early simply because of what you have to give up. There are three, maybe four tight ends that are worth an early draft pick. But the fact that tight ends are so few, that means only 25% of the games you play in a fantasy season, you're going against somebody who is going to project to massively win that tight end battle against you. Everybody else, you're pretty much on the same page. Between tight end 6 and 12, there was only a total of 20 fantasy point difference. So late round flyers like Chris Herndon, like Mark Andrews, safety nets, that's kind of where my thinking is. I'm not trying to hit big early on a tight end when I would miss out on, you know, RB1, RB2, top-tier wide receivers. It's just not something I am willing to risk. Sure, I'm with you. Uh, so anything else on the Jets before we go on to – are we going to go on to the 49ers? We can go on to the 49ers. Yeah, I'm prepared. Okay. All right, on the 49ers, if uh, we're done with the Jets, like I said, uh, look, look for – and in my uh, – Robbie Anderson's on my board – Herndon, if you want to take a stab at that late. Uh, I think Chandler agrees there with me. Not always do we agree. It, it, it seems like we have been the past couple weeks, but that's not always the case. But moving on to the 49ers, there's a lot of uh, lot of things going on here, a lot of things that we can talk about. You have Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. Last year, the 49ers finished 4-12. and um, Again, probably, I mean, I think that's uh, tied for third worst record in the league but you know coming out last year jimmy garoppolo he had he got the big contract coming down from from new england being behind brady all those years a couple of years that can't hurt a lot of hype that was surrounded and then at first we saw him living up to that hype uh and then just a nasty injury uh, with the acl tear against the chiefs um, i believe it was week three maybe week four just kind of halted that uh, but the same thing that we we had last year was who's the number one RB, and we're still dealing with that. 
Where do you stand? I think I have Tevin Coleman ranked high on my bust candidates. That backfield is so convoluted. We don't know who's going to. Now, they could list Coleman as the number one running back and list McKinnon or Breda as the backup and then you know put the other one at number three. Kind of like we saw, well, not kind of like we saw last year, but you're saying you're going to see multiple, you're gonna, decent production from everyone's going to eat. Um, I, right. Uh, you know, last year I talked about Cohen. I thought he would come out and be a starter. He just, he just doesn't have the size to be a starter, I guess, in the NFL. But, you know, he saw better production, at least fantasy wise and, and, well, I would say stat wise than Jordan Howard. And I was, I was big on Cohen being the starter before the end of the year. That didn't work out. But I think here in the 49ers uh, in backfield, yeah, I, all, all the talent's there. I would say that this is the most talented backfield, you know. Per average, And that's a problem, yes. though. You know, at least from a, from, a, from, a, from a fantasy perspective. I think I told you before least. the show, I believe all three running backs could be a starter on most NFL teams. So the NFL teams that who don't have elite running backs could start a McKinnon, a Coleman or a Breda and be fine. You know, I almost have them. I have, I have Breda almost uh, in that Rashad Penny range, just slightly under like a, a Chris Carson. You know what I'm saying? But the problem is right. they're mm-hmm. going to use all three. And there was news coming out of the training camp that Breda was getting a ton of work with the first team offense. Okay. As is Coleman. But what they're telling you is, Hey, Coleman's going to touch the ball. Breda's going to touch the ball. McKinnon was just cleared for practice. They're paying him a lot of money. He's going to touch the ball. Now, if one of these three guys do go down, the fantasy relevance of the other two dramatically increases. Right. No, I'm with you. Uh, I personally, I'm steering. I'm steering clear of this backfield unless it's um, one of the one of the running backs that fall to me in late rounds. Um, again, talking from a, a, a fantasy perspective, I think the 49ers as a team, we are going to see a complete turnaround from last year and the last couple of years. We are. I'm excited for the 49ers, like for 49ers fans out there, because I know what it's like to be a team that you know, just can't do good no matter what they. it seems like they try. But I, I'm a believer in Shanahan, the Shanahan offense. So I'm excited to see what they bring to the table. Um but we know about the three-headed snake in uh, Burrito, Coleman, and uh, McKinnon. Sorry. McKinnon went out early last year, even before the season. We didn't mention that, but I think it was before the even like the first game before or the first week before the regular season last year, and he was the clear-cut starter. And his ADP last year was – sorry, his ADP last year was – Right. 2.5, yeah. 2.6. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to steer clear – of that backfield, um, but Jimmy Jimmy G, there's some real stuff to talk about there. I mean, he runs the ball. Obviously, you saw that got him hurt last year, so maybe he will kind of rethink that before he pulls that ball down. I don't know. Uh, personally, as an Eagles fan, I it hurt to watch. It, it was a nasty injury. Uh, dealt with seeing Wentz go down, and not not in as gruesome of a, of a fashion, but. It just hurts to watch anybody go down like that, especially with a, a season injury, uh, a season ending in injury with the ACL. But I, I think he could be a, a decent um, fantasy quarterback. I'm not drafting him, but I, he's not. Even, I think he's going undrafted. 
And I think that's the play there. I think Jimmy G is more of a watch and learn, see how he produces because his sample size is so small. Now, most everyone would agree that he has shown that he does have the talent. What he hasn't shown is a 16 game sample size of what he can do. Sure. And so it's, it is somebody I would steer clear of for sure. Maybe stream him if you can, if he's trending well, if, if you run into a situation to where he has a good matchup right. uh, against a particular team who maybe has a weak defense or it's going to be a high scoring game. But draft, draft wise, there are other guys I think I would take right. even around the 14th, 15th round. Regardless of whether or not you trust in Jimmy G, you have to you have to consider or um, at least talk about Dante Pettis. I think he's going to, uh, you know, other than Kittle, I mean, Kittle's an, an, a no-brainer as far as production. I, no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to have to talk about Kittle. I think he's going to have decent numbers, probably – as you said, maybe even better than Ertz numbers. I don't think we have to hit on. I, I have there. him. I have Kittle ahead of Ertz in my in my rankings. I have him ahead of Ertz. I got Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, and then OJ right yeah. behind. I mean, I I have him very close. I could see Kittle even, you know, being being well above Ertz just because there are so many weapons on the Eagles. But back, you know, uh, behind Kittle, you know, you, the next guy up is. Dante Pettis, and, and that's there's no question behind that. Last year, we didn't see much more than a sample size. You know, he only had uh, 27 receptions. But on those 27 receptions, he almost hit 500 yards. He had 467, wow. had five touchdowns, wow. and then he was averaging 17 yards a reception. Uh, again, that's way above average. And that those are stats that I, I like. Um, I like to see especially whenever I think someone's trending up, right? I don't think this is accidental. I don't think this is a fluke. I believe in Pettis. Um, I believe in the talent there from everything that I've, I've read coming around, you know, news reports or even the beat writers, which like you always say, we got to be careful on that. What you read into that. How do how do you feel about that? That take on Pettis? How do you feel about Pettis? Oh, I, I'm big on Pettis. Uh, if he falls to me, in the right situation, I'm definitely going to take him. In a lot of my mock drafts, I have been pulling the trigger on Pettis. The only thing that concerns me, well, it doesn't concern me, but I believe that Debo Samuel does have a chance to take that number one receiver job from him. But Debo Samuel easily could turn into the number four receiver. He is a rookie. We know it's difficult for right. rookie wide receivers to have true fantasy success you know well this was something i this was something i didn't mean to interrupt but while we're on the subject and before i forget that pettis talked about during the offseason i i saw saw an article or an interview or something he was saying you know this was a tough offense to learn and he said i've look i've worked hard at it believe in me even jimmy g was coming out and saying like in, in some interviews pettis looks good i believe in this guy i He's going to be great this year. So maybe not so much it was it was that the talent or um, maybe he just couldn't execute because he, he was learning. And I think that's, like you said, you know, Debo being a rookie, we may see that this year. We may see, like, some shine, some glimmer. But uh, him being a rookie, I think it may take some time to, to adjust. And, again, I didn't mean to interrupt, but while that was on my head, I wanted to get that out. No, I agree, and and I if I'm going to take one wide receiver okay. from this team, it's going to be Dante Pettis. 
It's not, and, and we're not even talking about right. Uh, now, I mean, what was it Goodwin? He, he not really. Uh, you know, last year uh, for a couple of games. No, not. I mean, he's a speedster. I'm not big he is, on him. but I just don't think he's any more than that. He's he's extremely undersized, and like I said, I mean, he'll he'll get thirty to forty receptions. I think. Now, if if I'm wrong about that, I'll eat my words. Maybe there's something there that I have not seen. But what I saw last year, I, I'm not even. I don't even think he's fantasy relevant. I, I ain't challenging on that. I'm right there with you. I'm not big on Marquise Goodwin. Now nobody's going to be drafting him. I'm not going to say nobody, but I doubt anybody in our league really even is considering him. They're not on on their radar. So he's going to be on the waiver. So he's if he starts to pop off, you know, you can you can drop some fat money on him and pick him up. Yeah, not worth the draft. Absolutely. Pick. So the next team that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the the four and twelve last year, four and twelve, Oakland Raiders. Now, this may this is one of my teams that I would consider my dark horse team, if you will. I think they're even in my own head. I'm still asking myself, am I really this high on them coming into the season? I'm, I'm finding more and more reasons to get behind them. Um, what are you thinking about it, Chandler? The Raiders are a question mark. I think that's for sure. I am excited about him. I love John Gruden. I don't know if that's because he's a TV star now and become coach because he did spend 10 years out of the league. But they got some weapons. Derek Carr did have a season where he led the Raiders, what were they, 14-2 and two going into the playoffs before he breaks his arm, I believe. Right, he... Did was did he he won the MVP that year, right? I believe he did, and they were putting up massive points. They were scoring close to 32, 33 points a game. The production we were seeing was absurd. It was the year that I went to the fantasy championship and I had Latavius Murray as my RB two. Mari Cooper had a year that made him a household name. Derek Carr so- is still a question mark for us though. That's exactly what I was going to say. The only question mark I have here is absolutely 100%. Derek Carr, that offensive line is below average. Um, I'm worried about Derek Carr more so than I am the offensive line, though. You know, we he hasn't been himself since that MVP year. But that being said, you have a target like Antonio Brown coming in. The best art wide receiver in the league, arguably the league. for a lot of people, not even arguable for some. Some would say without a doubt. And I, you know, sometimes I lean towards that. Sometimes I'm I'm leaning out of that. Just you know, depends on the day of the week, I guess. But um, if we go back to his, uh, which you know, you you can't really base it off of this different team, different coach, different system. He averaged with the Steelers the past seven years, over 150 targets every single year. That's huge. Will he get the same work? Literally. Will he get, well, yeah, will he get the same work? Will they have that same opportunity? Will the offense stay on the, on the field, be able to stay on the field like that Steelers offense of, you know, of seasons past? I, I would argue that 
he's not going to see that type of production. He's not going to see that those type of targets. I just I don't know. You know, eventually, unfortunately, we we start to see regression in, in players like this, and he's starting to get to, you know, the, the he's going on his eighth year in the league, I think, um, maybe ninth season, somewhere in there. But he's getting older. He's getting up there. But he's not lost a step. No, he is. I mean, not. he's got even with that frozen foot that he's got <laughs> right now. <laughs> even with that frozen foot, you know, I would take him over. And I would put him in the top ten percentile, or top top ten percent, uh, top ten percentile, if you will. Literally, but in my you know notes, what? Sorry. Literally in my Go notes, ahead. I put AB is dope. It's AB. Do we need to save more? The real question is car. Do not anticipate fourteen hundred yards. That's my yeah. feeling about AB. It's AB. He's incredible. One of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the league. But I think we both right. can agree we're not going to see 14 TDs, 1,400 yards again. But what you are right. going to see, you can almost guarantee 1,100, 1,200 yards, 9, 10 touchdowns. That's worthy of his ADP, which is about, what, 2.1, 2.2? Yeah, I mean, he's he's been creeping up, and I think as we get closer, you'll see him start to go maybe even first round in our league. Um, our league is a little bit different um, than most. I would say closer to high stakes, higher stakes at least than your your average league. But you know, last year, over well, he hasn't he he has not had under a hundred receptions since back in his third year where he had sixty six, and that was way back in two thousand twelve. The numbers are Again, so with retarded. The, yeah, I mean the numbers are there. You can't argue against him. Last year, close to thirteen hundred yards. Just he, he hit twelve ninety seven. What was high last year was his touchdowns, fifteen percent. There's no way I, I don't see him getting fifteen touchdowns this year. I will eat my hat if he gets fifteen touchdowns. I will I will sit on that and and bite it. I, I I mean I don't know what else I can say about that. I don't think I don't see him getting over ten. I'm I'm right there with you. Just in this Oakland Raiders offense, who's throwing in the ball? I don't see that happening. Um, moving on from him, though, I don't think we can really say much or even we, we kind of hate on him a little bit, if you will, moving from a team to team That's as, as much as you can. But the big talk around the Raiders camp, you know, even before this, um, before the hard, hard Knocks episode came out yesterday, I didn't get to watch it. I'm going to watch it tonight. I've heard a little bit about it. I, you watched it, right? Oh, yes, and it was fantastic. It was hard knocks, and the problem with hard knocks is they bump players up. They probably make you think yes. they're better, going to perform you know, better than sure. they actually will. I remember watching the Buccaneers hard knocks, and it made me a huge James <laughs> Winston fan. So uh, yeah. yeah, we know how that turns out. I recall, I, re- I recall it as well, which I'm big on, bigger on Jameis Winston this year than I have been in recent years. But You're not big on Jameis anyway, Winston. You're big on Bruce Arians. <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely right. Um, but but Josh Jacobs, um, he's the rookie coming in. He's going to be, I think he should be at least, the, a, a workhorse, the cowbell coming in. It Whether or not, you know, Gruden actually works him as that will make a difference. Um, I see that happening, though. 
Do you do you feel the same about that? I have concerns regarding Josh Jacobs. See, unlike you, I do watch college football. I am a big college football fan. The same way with the NFL, I don't have a favorite team. I mean, my favorite college team is the Tar Heels, North Carolina Tar Heels. However, they're not very good at football. So I just enjoy college football as a whole. But he played behind Damian Harris, who was drafted by the New England Patriots. So in his best year, which was his senior year, Josh Jacobs only had 640 rushing yards, 247 receiving yards, but he did have 14 touchdowns. But he was splitting carries. College football is different right. than the NFL, but he was splitting carries. Now he's going to be tagged as the bell cow back. At least we assume he's going to do or is going to be. He is he is 200 pounds. He's 5'10". He's a big guy, but we have not seen enough yet. We, we have not sure. been given a reason to be uber confident in Josh Jacobs. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, and – you're right. I don't. I don't pay attention to uh, college football as much as I do the NFL, but I do pay attention to college football stats. There are only only like certain stats stats that actually transition into the NFL, um, and we have not seen that with Josh Josh Jacobs. We haven't got. We did not get that sample size in college to be like, okay, I'm confident in this guy. I see his ability. He's got. He's got the athleticism from what I saw, um, as far as his attributes and you know from the rookie combine and and all that from training camp sounds good, but what does what does all that mean whenever you go to uh, you know full game speed in the NFL? We will see. I personally, I am not drafting him fantasy wise. He's going right now. I think around the, the fourth round. I Too early about that. Yeah, I think he's going around the fourth round, maybe fifth. I think he'll go earlier, earlier in our draft. Oh, just I think he will one too. Team. Yeah, because, <laughs> just of, because one of one particular owner, owner who yeah. shall not be named, <laughs> yeah. Jason. Just a bit of a homer there, but uh, another big pickup though for the for the uh, the Raiders. I almost said Steelers for the Raiders was Tyrell Williams, and Thank you're you. a big Tyrell Williams fan. Thank you for touching on him. Well, I mean, I'll. Touch him in certain places, it just depends on where he goes. <laughs> no, I like him. He he's another guy who averaged uh who had an above league average for yards per reception at fifteen point nine. He had forty one receptions, six hundred and fifty three yards in his rookie year with the Chargers. I'm very excited, but still questions linger about Derek Carr. Yep. I'm I'm with you 100% there. Um, tight end, I'm not even sure they know who the tight end there is going to be. Last year it was Jared Cook. He's with the Saints now, which that could be a good landing spot for him. Last year, though, Jared Cook was actually the, the number one you know, re- receiving target there, if you will, uh, other, other than Richard. Richard is... I think going to be um, obsolete with with Jacobs coming in. You may see him on some third downs, but not like the uh, 70, 70 receptions that he was nearing last year. No, I agree. So I agree one hundred percent. The thing about the Raiders, unlike the past two teams we discussed, the Jets, 
and the 49ers, I don't see big improvement on their record. You know, like you said, they were 4-12. and 12. I still have them sub-500. More along 7-9, 6-10. It's kind of where I have the Raiders. So, I know there's going to be a lot of hype, especially after people start watching Hard Knocks. Right. I'm not going to jump on this hype train. I'm not going to. I don't think it's there. I think potentially maybe in year three, year four of the Gruden era, we could see some excitement, some justified excitement around the Raiders. Right. It's not going to be this year. I, I'm with you. Um, I don't I don't think there's any more there that we, we need to touch on as far as the no. Raiders offense. We'll, we'll see how it ends up. I'm a Gruden fan. You're a Gruden fan. You know, we watched him bring the Bucks a, a Super Bowl back when we were what a year that was yeah it was it was wild so i mean i i'm not a i'm i'm not a non-believer um but i'm not a believer either i'm i'm pretty neutral and we're going to move blasphemous yeah well that's jason would yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jay station someone from from our league anyway moving on to i think i think we're do you have any any more you want to touch on with the raiders i'm done with the raiders yeah so I think this may be your dark horse team, yours personally from last year or um, even moving up, is, and that's the Browns, the Cleveland Browns last year, man. Going from a, a, a 1-15 team the uh, year prior, last year they were 7-8. and eight. And new hot shit in town, we got Baker Mayfield. Baker, Baker, money maker. Absolutely. And last year he started 13 games. He played in 14. He had close to 500 throwing attempts in those games. That, that's a lot of throwing. And, you know, uh, moving in, the new coach, Freddie, Freddie Kitchens, he likes to throw the ball. And I think he knows how to work Mayfield. I think we're going to see that work out even or play out even, even better this year. I'm big on Mayfield this year. Who are you excited about in this offense? Obviously, Odell. I'm excited about Baker. Um, A lot of people do have Baker within their top five, top six quarterback rankings. I'm not that high on him. I'm not as high as ADP says I should be. But I am excited about Baker. Quick question. Who did Baker take the starting job from last year? You should Mm. know this answer. Old Tyrod Taylor. He was a sleeper for me last year, and uh, I think he was a lot of. Um, he stayed asleep. He was a, he was a, yeah, he he stayed asleep. That's for sure. That after that first game, I knew <laughs> I had made a mistake. I don't want to tell the audience who I traded for Tyrod. Patrick I won't Mahomes. make you do that. <laughs> but you know, I was I was big on Tyrod. Um, anyway, Baker came in. He he stole the job away. I don't. With an injury, I wouldn't say he stole it away. With that injury, it actually projected him into that starter situation, and he handled it like a boss. I mean, he yes, did he from did. that week forward. They were they were doing th- nothing but slinging. Chubb came in. He provided that um, that ground and pound that they needed, that spark on you know on that, and and the offensive line as well did really really well. So yeah, with Odell Beckham coming in, I don't think we're gonna see anything change as far as the Landry targets last year, I was higher on Landry than I was in Miami, and that was a mistake. Uh, 
on my on my part, not on Landry's part, but just the way they worked him, the way they used him. And that's not going to change. I don't think you're going to see. I think you're going to see Odell Beckham with close to 140 targets uh, this coming year. Yes, I, I have I have Beckham close to 95 receptions. He's definitely going to exceed that a thousand yard marker. I definitely have him closer to nine, 10, 11 touchdowns. I do like where he's going in drafts. He could even have a bigger year than that. It's because of it's because of Baker. We know this team is on the up and up. Last year, Baker threw seven, 27 touchdowns, okay? 27, and I, I think we can see that go up closer to the 30, 32 mark, around 10, 12 interceptions. That's kind of where I have Baker. I'm, I'm very excited about this team. Unfortunately, the Browns are prone to drama. Baker is a guy who loves the spotlight. That could cause some issues. You know, you bring in a diva like Odell, if things aren't going right the first few games, if they start, you know, zero and two, one and three, you could definitely see some uh, some drama occur, which could have a negative impact on their on-field production. But they have a weak schedule after game six or seven; it it really takes a turn, and they start playing some sub five hundred teams. And I think Nick Chubb's a right. stud. I do. Yeah, as, long as, as long as as long as. As long as Odell Beckham leaves his kicking net up in New York, <laughs> that whole scene, as long as you don't see anything like that, uh, I'm with you. Um, I don't want to see any drama from Odell. Hopefully he's matured from the transition. He should take it as a, you know, take the high road there and see it as an opportunity to actually put himself elite, not only as a as a player, but also as a person. As a leader. Um, as a leader, exactly, because he is in that veteran role now. He hopefully he realizes that. I, I think in New York, maybe I don't know. He, he I guess he thought maybe he wasn't getting the, getting the, getting the respect, and that showed out pretty pretty big and pretty in the spotlight. But here also too, Njoku. We we talked about some tight ends earlier. I think Njoku has the talent, athleticism as well, but is he going to be overshadowed? Is he even fantasy relevant with those other fantasy, um, I would say, stars even? You know, Chubb, Baker Mayfield. Well, Baker Mayfield's left out of that. Chubb and Odell Beckham, Landry. Is Njoku even on your radar as a fantasy target? Oh, absolutely. And the reason he's on my radar is something we touched on earlier is the fact that I'm looking at tight ends late. He's not going super late. He's going around the 7th, 8th rounds. But he's definitely a guy I could pull the trigger on. I think he's going to get work. He's going to he's going to have the opportunity there simply because he's going to be a checkdown guy. He's going to be a safety net for Baker. Odell's going to cause so much attention, like drawn his way. Landry's going to have attention his way. It's going to leave the flat, the short curl, the under routes open for Njoku. I do right. like him. He is athletic. He is talented. This team, I think, is going to score a lot of points. There's work there to be had. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think he finishes the season as a top 10 tight end, which isn't saying a lot. You know, you have to take that with a grain of salt because after, you know, top four, top five tight ends, you're looking, what, 150 to 200 fantasy points, if that. A lot of the times, like more like the 130 points. 
fantasy. And that's I'm talking PPR, our league that we keep up with. Our our money league, any anyways, is a PPR league. But I see him finishing uh, as a top ten tight end without a doubt. Um, so I'm with you there. Yeah. Anybody else here that you want to? I mean, I guess you want to touch I guess on. We could touch on Callaway. However, I mean, he's off my yeah. radar. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Uh, we'll we'll see him. I I think we will see a couple you know games where he'll get end up with two touchdowns in a game. You know, mark my words, he'll end up with a game or two. And fantasy wise, people are going to pick him up off the waivers. And then that that next week, after they put him in their flex, after they that you know those owners who pick him up after that big game, they'll slide him right in that flex option. And they're going to regret it because he's not going to produce anything. You're damn right, they're going to regret. And that's what we're, if anybody's going to be hurt by the talent on this yeah. team, it's going to be Callaway. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, he's going to have those uh, couple touchdown games, and that may happen once or twice throughout the year. But uh, other than that, yeah, I'm ready to move on. We're going to move on to you. Choose. You want to go on to the Cardinals or the Lions? Let's go to the Cardinals. I think. Everybody wants to talk a little bit about Kyler Murray. There's some fantastic things sure. coming out about him from training camp. He's the type of guy who played under the same coach at Oklahoma as Baker Mayfield. And both of them are geniuses when it comes to, you know, the whiteboard. Putting up a defense yeah. on a whiteboard and saying, hey, what play are you going to run? Who are you going to throw to? If they're in this set, what's the check down? They're very, very, their football IQ is through the roof. He is a guy who is uber athletic. He's very small, though, and this does concern me. However, this would concern me more if I was a, if I was an NFL owner more than a fantasy owner. Does that make sense? It does. He's going to get out of the pocket. He's going to run the ball. That's without a doubt. He also, um, you touched on familiarity. Christian Kirk is someone that he played with. That, in my mind, that's huge. Maybe they already have that connection there. So, Another thing is David Johnson. We can't forget about David Johnson. Oh, he I had, haven't forgotten about him at all. He's, yeah, I mean, he is going to nothing, do nothing but benefit from every, all, the, all of the changes that have came in this past year. He is the biggest benefit beneficiary, I think. And we know how bad the Cardinals were last year. And David Johnson still had 10 touchdowns and close to 1,500 yards total from the line of scrimmage. Okay? And we're assuming that this team is going to be better. And if this team is better, that just means David Johnson is going to produce more. I have David Johnson over Le'Veon Bell. I have the sixth pick. I'm looking at Adams, Hopkins, and David Johnson, and I really, really want to convince myself to pull the trigger on DJ. That's where I'm at. I th- I think you should. Um, very few elite running backs in that tier, and David Johnson absolutely qualifies for that tier one, in my opinion. Well, okay, so you have like, for me anyway, there's that ten tier one, then there's that tier one B. You have the first four, which two of them, or at least one of them, in Zeke is out, and I'm talking about Barkley. Talking about Kamara, McCaffrey, and then of course Zeke, who is absolutely out of that tier at, at you know, at least for me. 
until he, he puts pen to paper. Um, yeah, DJ kind of slides up there for me in the, in the draft with the, the, the whole Zeke situation. Absolutely, and the thing is, his injury that he suffered in 2017 was not below the waist. You know, it was a wrist injury. It's not like he suffered a, a torn Achilles or, you know, he tore an ACL. So there's no, there's no reason that we should think there's actually an injury history there. He played all 16 games last year. I think he's going to play all 16 games this year. Yeah. Pending something catastrophic. And I think he's going to produce. This team's going to be much better than they were last year. And he, he's actually getting kind of shit on because I, I, I do believe he's in that tier with Kamara, with Barkley, with McCaffrey. He, he's going to be, he's going to finish as a top three to five running back. And yet he doesn't get as much hype. And I'm offended by that. Yeah, I have him, as far as running backs go, right at this point, I have him finishing for sure top five um, because he, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's that, that check down that you would like in a running back. He's also that workhorse every down back. You're not going to see anybody else. How about Fitzgerald? Where are you but, on Larry? Because um, I know, you know, we, you know years past, you've, you've been a huge Fitz fan, but we all understand that he is up there in age. I think Christian Kirk is going to, to dominate, not dominate, but he's going to have more targets. He's going to demand more work than Fitzgerald will this year. Sure. Where do you sit? I, th- I think, honestly, uh, where I sit, I am a, I have been a Larry truther. Uh, he's been on my fantasy teams year in, year out for four-plus years. His draft value is always great. It's always there, so I never can pass up on him. Last year, I regretted that. The year before that, though, in 2017, it it won me the league. It did. Him and him and it did. Jarvis Landry and Larry Fitzgerald won me the championship. And that was because of uh, receptions. Is it we're in a PPR you about league? Ertz. Ertz as well. <laughs> but I mean, solely those two. I mean, they finished as as the number one, the number two. I'm pretty sure, respectively being Landry than Fitzgerald in PPR leagues, and that was solely off of their receptions. This year, I I, th- I have him and Kirk finishing with a, about the same receptions, but um, definitely Kirk with more touchdowns as well as more more yards. Because what Larry's going to be, Larry's going to be more that that safety net for Kyler Murray, and that may actually turn into something that I'm not projecting, which could be a steal in drafts. So I'm not passing on I'm not passing on Larry. I, I'm not. I can't. Based on where he's going around, I have there have been multiple times where I've been put in a situation to where his ADP is falling to me in a particular round and I'm taking other guys instead or even reaching for a Curtis Samuel. Okay. Yeah. And I'm talking you know, you. it's reaching because Curtis Samuel's, you know, going about two rounds after Larry. However, I'm willing to pull the trigger there on Curtis before take Larry at Larry's ADP. And that's just me. I hate his age. But the thing is, if Kyler can come in and have a competent year, around 25, 27 touchdowns, maybe Larry does become a guy who can, you know, have one more, you know, late breakout, if you will. Sure. I just don't think I'm going to pull the trigger on it. I And I can respect that, and I can understand it. The, I love him. 
Don't with, get me wrong. With, this, with the Cardinals, I think the steal of the draft will be if you can get Kyler Murray at the back end, I'm saying like outside the, the first 10 quarterbacks that go, if that happens, if you if that happens, which it won't, then you, you have yourself a steal. Because I, I think Kyler Murray will finish as a top 10 quarterback. After 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 the season's wow. done, I really do. Yeah. Let me pose a but, question to you, real sure. quick. To close out, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? Who are you looking at? Kyler Murray for sure. The weapons he mm. he has more weapons there, mm. at least more known weapons. Lamar Jackson. Uh, the, the the rushing is com- comparable to Kyler Murray. They're going to be running the ball about the same. That's going to be a I, I'm I'm watching that horse race. You know what I mean. We'll, that is we'll see a horse who finishes with the most. Yeah, we'll see who finishes with most rushing rushing yards. I think I think Lamar Jackson will, but Kyler Murray's not going to be far behind with that. Kyler Murray Kyler Murray is going to throw for more. Uh, he's going to have better passing stats. So that's I, why I'm, I'm I'm thinking he's going to have that rushing. Plus on top of that, he's going to have decent passing stats, and he's going to finish finish as a, a, a top ten fantasy quarterback. I think I think Murray does throw a better football than Lamar Jackson. I do like naturally. I think naturally when it comes to throwing the football, Kyler Murray is better than Lamar Jackson. However, Lamar is in his second year. He showed that at times he can be competent. Because of this, I've actually been targeting Lamar late, just really passing up sure. on quarterbacks in my in my past few mocks I've done. I've passed on, you know, you know my love for Wentz. I've passed on him. And I waited and I waited and I waited and I just pulled the trigger on Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, he can start 70% of my season. And I'm excited and about it. That's a perfect note to close on. We didn't get to the Lions today. We're running, a, again, a little long. We'll get this content down. We'll get this uh, down to a science, I promise. But – we will get to the lines eventually, and there's their uh, their fantasy impact because there's a lot to touch on there. But uh, you hit on it there late. I cannot stress enough. If you've been playing fantasy for years, you have not tried this strategy. Test out waiting on a quarterback until at least round nine, round ten, round eleven. You will not be dissatisfied. There's always quarterbacks there. The talent is a plethora of. Um, it's it's a well of talent. It's the deepest the deepest position position there is. But other than that, you know, anything else you want to touch on before we close this session out here? No, I, I think that I'm good. I will I will agree with you there real fast. There's no reason to pull the trigger on a Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers early. Just wait. Just wait. You can stream quarterbacks and be fine, and your team's going to be better as a whole due to the additional talent you were able to pick up at running back and wide receiver in those mid to late rounds. From like your round five to eight, you'll be better off taking running backs and wide receivers than you would if you did snag what you believe to be a top-tier quarterback in that position. Can't agree more. Well, that closes out this session. Again, my name's Greg Bowen. I'm here with my co-host, as always, Chandler Stepp. You can follow the show at Twitter. That's at GC underscore FF. Follow us on Facebook. That's the, the fantasy or the, excuse me, 
the GNC Fantasy Football Show. Please subscribe on YouTube as well under the same name. We're up on iTunes. We'll be up on Google Podcasts pretty soon as well. Other than that, catch us next week. We're going to also have some other content coming out throughout the week. We'd love your follows. See ya. Peace.